So concerning these hearts and minds of ours, it's, uh, they're very important things. The mind is that which receives and knows all of the sense impressions. But if we don't have any sense of awareness or knowing, there's no knowing presence there taking care of our minds, then it's like our minds are homeless and destitute. They've got nothing to depend on. They have to wander around here and there because there's no home for them to stay in and no one for them to look after them. And it's a lot of suffering and difficulty being in that situation. So the mind that isn't trained and doesn't have anyone taking care of it is like this. And it's natural that if there's no awareness uh, looking after our hearts, then they'll be very chaotic and unsettled. There'll be a lot of suffering and stress present in our hearts because the cause of suffering is there. And when the cause is there, then suffering will have to arise in the heart. So therefore, all of us should endeavor to train these minds of ours. And just like we can see all over the world that people use different animals, such as buffaloes or horses, for example, that, but they need to train them first before they can put them to work. Even very intelligent breeds of dogs we can train and use them for work. And it's the same with our minds. If we train them well, then we'll be able to to put them to work and there'll be a cause of happiness for us. Even though this way of inner cultivation is difficult at the beginning, and we may not experience much peace from our meditation, we should try to have forbearance first and maintain our sincerity in the practice. When the mind is all stirred up, then it's, we need to see it as that is being stirred up. And eventually, when it becomes peaceful, we'll really know the value of a mind that is calm. When we can understand the worth of a peaceful mind, this will give us a great energy and effort to devote ourselves to this practice. So for most of us, we do acts of goodness and kindness every day. And one of these is to sit meditation at a regular time each day. When we do this, it becomes an internal habit. And when the time arrives for us to um, sit in meditation, then our minds will just want to go there. They'll want to do it. They'll want to chant. They'll want to listen to the Dhamma. So when we do things in a consistent manner like this, it builds up uh, karma. This is all karma that we're creating. These are all intentional actions. And our mind keeps these and remembers these actions. 
then that will become a source of our um, commitment for the practice. So it's natural that the mind will receive all of these sense impressions. And if there's no peace there in the heart and there's not enough wisdom, then the mind will immediately cling on to everything it experiences. Any feelings of happiness, any feelings of sadness will cling to all of those. But if we train our minds well and we have enough wisdom present, then we'll see that it's not worth attaching. We'll have this inner knowing, the one who knows, this pulu there in our hearts, allowing us to be able to let go and feel the ease that comes from putting these things down. Even though we still experience these various emotions, and they can be very strong at times, like fear or hate or love. But we have enough energy to our mindfulness, and our samadhi is strong enough for us to be able to investigate into these emotions. And they won't be able to to take the value from our hearts or to, to give us any loss internally. And one simile you could use is like there's a buffalo or a cow and um, it's next to a rice paddy. Now, if there's no one there to look after that cow, then it'll go into the paddy and eat all the rice because it's just normal that cows like to do that. They, when they feel hungry, they want to go and eat the rice. But if there's someone there taking care of it, if there's a cow herd looking after it, then it won't be able to go and eat that rice. And there won't be any, any loss or any damage that comes. So there needs to be something there that's taking care of our hearts and looking after them. Because it's natural that our minds like to go and chase after all of the um, things that they experience, all of these sense objects, whether they're forms or um, sounds or smells, tastes, tactile sensations, ideas. The things that the mind likes, it'll become delighted in them. And the things that we don't like, then the mind will feel averse towards them. And then when we feel aversion towards it, then we won't want to meet with any of these things. We'll just want for them to go away immediately. And this is a one form of tanha, of craving. So there's kama tanha, the craving for sensuality, for experiencing things that uh, we like, and also the craving towards things that we don't like as well. And then if we experience something we like, then the mind will go and give rise to even more tanha and want more of that. So when we experience any of these sense objects, 
um, the untrained mind will give rise to this craving and then to clinging. And from that a sense of self, of a me and mine and them, all comes up. And it's because of this that the world in its current state is very frantic and confused. Because the minds of the people living in this world are um, caught up in this craving and clinging. There was once a layperson who went to Venerable Ajahn Chah and asked him, why is it that the world is so chaotic? We have these governments and we have laws. There are people looking after the countries. So why is there no peace? Ajahn Chah responded that, that you know, all of the prime ministers and the presidents in the world, they're not arahants. So it's natural that there'll be chaos and confusion. And that's just how it is. But this lay person, he didn't really understand the nature of the world. And he wanted for there to be peace. But really, the world, it just can't abide in a state of peace. The thing that will give rise to calm and to ease is the practice of the Dhamma and this training of the mind that we're engaging in. So all of us should really try to to develop this path and give rise to this inner awareness, this the one who knows that we'll be able to look after our minds. When we have this inner knowing, then there'll also be mindfulness and wisdom present as well. And these qualities will take care of our hearts. And the mind at this point has great intelligence to it. Whenever we experience liking or disliking towards anything at all, we'll know that and we'll be able to gradually, little by little, let go of all of it. This letting go is the same thing as abandoning the kilesas, the defilements. And this is an extremely important um, point in the path of practice. But it's not the case that we're always able to let go of things. And sometimes we have enough presence of mind to know that our mind is going and attaching to things that we know we don't like feeling hatred towards something, but it's already arisen and our mind is already stirred up by it. It's the same with doubts. And we can doubt this path of practice and this gives rise to great confusion and agitation in our minds. And we may go back to the scriptures and pour through the books in order to try and gain some certainty, to try to know which is the real way, which method will take us out of suffering. But really, if we have enough mindfulness, then we'll be able to see these doubts for what they really are, know them as they arise, and see them as they come up, as they last, and as they cease. And this is enough. And this is the path itself. Just having mindfulness there 
knowing these doubts for what they are. But when we hear this, then the kilesas, they'll come back again. These doubts will come up and they'll start questioning even that. They'll say, well, surely this isn't the way. Surely it's not as simple as this. There must be something more to it. And they'll try to make us look elsewhere for the path. But all of the great teachers, the awakened um, masters, they all taught the same path. That whenever doubts come up, just see them as they arise and watch them cease. It's when these doubts are too strong that they'll stir the heart up and make it all frantic. And it's just like a whirlpool that's spinning around and around. And anything that gets caught into that whirlpool will, will carry on uh, spinning around until it gets dragged under the water. There won't be any peace, and there'll just be chaos and confusion. And this is what doubts do to our minds. So therefore, we need to train ourselves well, train these minds well. And even though there might be difficulty in the present, the result of this training is one of happiness. If we just follow our wishes or follow any mood that comes up, then we may feel very at ease and uh, contented or happy here in the present. But we will never find the way out of suffering. Because what we're doing is giving rise to the causes of suffering. So therefore, we need to, to train our minds and to uh, develop this practice uh, frequently. But as we develop the practice, we do it with a sense of letting go, of abandoning as well. Even though we may not have enough presence of mind and enough wisdom to know all of the emotions and all of the sense objects as they arise, we still need to try to, to, to develop this practice. And we'll see that um, it's especially obvious in times of danger just how uh, necessary and how important the work that we've been putting into our practices. Because in times of danger, then the mind will gather together and all these things that we've been training in and learning about, they'll come up and they'll start working. So now every day we need to try to collect these things, gather up all these qualities, these wholesome qualities, so that we can put them into practice when danger arrives. And as the Buddha taught that those who protect the Dharma will receive the protection of the Dharma. So training ourselves in mindfulness, in samadhi, gathering the mind together until wisdom arises and we experience a great stillness and quietude of the heart. Our mind will gain energy in order to uh, fight with these emotions and with these sense objects. Sometimes very strong emotions arise in the heart, such as fear. We may be afraid of, um, of death, but if the mind is peaceful, we'll be able to see that the nature of our lives is that 
having been born into this world, we will have to, at some point, experience death. So even though we have this fear, if we really train our minds and cultivate, lift up our hearts, then we'll be able to find our way out of that emotion. And it's really the thinking, this proliferation that causes all the troubles. Because we start thinking that in the future we'll have to meet with a situation or, um, or have these kinds of things occur. And this really is just the kilesa mara, the demons of defilement there in our minds. So this proliferation um, bears great importance in our lives. So it's important that we also have a sense of awareness and knowing, knowing what the mind is thinking about and what it's proliferating about, what stories it's giving rise to. Whenever we have any emotion come up, we tell ourselves that it's not sure, it's inconstant. If we like something, if we dislike something, it's not sure, it's inconstant. We guide our minds, train them in this way, until at the end we'll be able to understand that this is the way that will lead us to seeing and knowing the Dhamma. And the path isn't anywhere else, it's right here. It's just that we need to engage in this training first, to train our minds to experience peace, and eventually they'll reach into emptiness. They'll be empty of the chaos and confusion that they'd once experienced. This is one level of emptiness that comes from samadhi, from the collectedness of mind. We can chant Bhutto, Dhammo and Sangho and just try to keep this with us all the time. Always be contemplating throughout the day. We can contemplate into emptiness and see all things as being empty. Whenever we have the time to bring up these meditation objects, then we do that. We do it frequently until it turns into a habit, until it becomes second nature for us. This then comes back and um, increases the strength and energy of our mindfulness. Our samadhi will then become stronger. Our faith will grow and uh, become more firm. And at the end, we'll be able to, to see that this really is the path that will take us to the Dhamma. For the monks, we really have to put our lives on the line in order to reach the Dhamma. We take the attitude that if we die, then we die, and that's fine. But for the lay people, it's not necessary to go that far. We just try to train in whatever opportunities we can throughout our lives to give rise to as much skillfulness and as many wholesome qualities as we can, to do as much, make as much merit as we can in the time that we have. And these things all collect within our minds. All of the good actions that we've done, all of the skillful things that we've said and done, they all gather together and they are stored in our hearts. So all this chanting that we're doing, the sitting meditation that we're doing, this all gets stored there in our hearts. And even though it's difficult, still we try to 
to carry on with it. It's especially hard for those who haven't yet done much internal training because the mind is still in quite a wild state. But for those who have taken up this practice before, then it won't be so difficult. We should try to put in the effort now while the opportunity is still good. And for many of us, we're already quite old and our life is not sure. And it's very difficult once we develop serious illnesses and maybe we just are stuck in bed all day. It's hard to practice under those circumstances. So while we have the strength, while our body, bodies are still conducive to this practice, we should try to um, develop and cultivate our minds. To give rise to this inner awareness, the one who knows, that will be able to look after and care for our hearts. We'll be able to free ourselves from all of the the worries and cares that we might have. So it's just like um, the homes that we live in. If there's no one there to look after the house, then in not long it will become all dirty and cluttered and it won't be a nice place to live in. It's the same with our minds. If there's no one there to look after them, no one there to clean them, then they'll become all, all cluttered and all... Um, dusty. So we need something there that will look after our minds, that will be able to bring our minds to emptiness, that will be able to clear out all of the dust that we once had in our hearts. And it's just like a mirror that we have in our home. We wipe it every day and clean it every day. And as we do that, then it will become very bright and clear. It's the same with our minds. If we try to, to practice and to clean our minds every day through this path of sila, samadhi, and banya, then in the end, they'll become very bright and clear. We'll be able to let go of all attachments that we have. And this will give rise to a new level of brightness and an emptiness as well. We'll be free from all suffering. And there'll be no need to, to take care of our hearts anymore. So it's just like this mirror. We clean it every day, clean it every day, until it comes to the point where it's like the mirror disappears. And there's no mirror there anymore. It's just empty. And when it's in that state, then we'll feel very at ease because we won't have any duties. There'll be no work for us left to do. There'll just be this brightness and emptiness. This all comes from the training that we're engaging in through this path of abandoning uh, evil and giving rise to skillfulness, of taking care of our minds constantly, giving rise to this inner awareness, this internal knowing that will be the cause for us to attain to um, this internal Buddha, to realize our Buddha nature.
will see the end of the path, the destination that, that Sila Samadhi and Panya is taking us to, and we'll be able to let go of everything. But for now, what we need to do is train ourselves constantly, be very consistent and smooth in our practice. So I ask for all of you to be intent and sincere in this way of cultivation.